48 and 10. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. If you've been forged by fire, this message is for you. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Facebook, YouTube, Podcast Land. This is another episode of Spitting Fire with Keetris. I am your host, Keetris Keys. And on tonight, we are ending our virtual book lunch of Forged by Fire, Built God Tough, with the last set of offers. And let me just tell you guys that I have enjoyed being with you on the past two episodes. And we're gonna um, shut it down for y'all on tonight. We have some phenomenal ladies that are gonna be with us on tonight. But before I go any further, let me just thank you all for your support. Thank you all for your love, for your texts, your phone calls, everything that you've done for the last week or so with the um, June 1st release of Forged by Fire, Build God Tough. I am grateful for each and every one of your contributions, for each and every one that has purchased a digital copy, for each and every one of you that, that had a hand in us becoming number one international best-selling authors in not one, but 10 different categories. We are overjoyed. We are grateful to each and every one of you because we do know, had it not been for you guys who are supporting us, this would not have been possible. So we are grateful to each and every one of you for everything that you have done. Let me also give a shout out to each author that contributed to this project. You guys have no idea how you have touched me, how you have um, helped me in the transformative process as well, how you have just dropped nuggets into my spirit, into my soul, um, how we have forged sisterhood and friendships that will last us throughout our lifetime. I am grateful to each and every one of you for saying yes to yourselves, for saying yes to God, and for saying yes to this project, for allowing me to be your visionary author and to help your stories travel throughout the world. I am grateful. I thank each and every one of you. Let me also give a shout out to our background DJ, none other than my sister, Erica Warren of Dope Discussions with Erica. She's been with us every night that we've been on and she's been running the background scenes of the of these videos. And we are so grateful that she said yes to assist us along the way. So without further ado, we're gonna bring our authors out on tonight. We're gonna get them out on the stage and we're gonna get into the conversation about their stories, their, their chapters, their journey through this, um, through this immaculate project. We're gonna hear what they have to say about everything that has transpired. So without further ado, let's get these ladies out on the virtual stage on tonight. We have Miss Sheila Farr all the way from the beautiful Gulf Coast, Mississippi. Hey, Sheila, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me out tonight. Thank you for being with us on tonight. We are so glad that you said yes and you were able to join us on tonight. We also have Miss Shawanika Pittman all the way from Hammond, Louisiana, by way of Tylertown, Mississippi. What's going on, Pittman? Hey, Keys, how you doing? How are you? I'm doing good. good. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Glad to be here. 
Now we have Miss, well, I say Miss, let me get that right. Dr. Daria Allison is in the house with us on tonight. And let me just um, give her some shouts out for all the graphics that she poured into this project and for the beautiful, phenomenal, prophetic book cover that she, that she, I mean, she brought this up out of her soul for us. And we are so grateful for everything that she's done to contribute to this project. Welcome to the stage, Dr. Allison. How are you tonight? I think you're trying to get me to love you even more. I love you, girl. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thank you for allowing me to do it. And God yes. is good for allowing me to be here. Thank you for being with us. We also have Miss Monica Winston, all the way from Macomb, Mississippi. Yes, How are yes, you, Monica? Hello, hello, hello. I'm here. I'm here. You are here on tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. We have yes. been having technical difficulties, but looks yes, like we're going to be able to um, hear from Miss Monica on tonight. Yes, yes. So we are grateful. We are grateful for each one of you guys that are with us on tonight. We are elated for everything that you have contributed to this project. And it has been a transformative project for each and every one of us in so many different ways, on so many different levels. You guys just poured your hearts out in your chapters. You were transparent, you were authentic. You uncovered some things about yourselves that a lot of people didn't know. And it takes a soldier to do a thing like that and to be able to say you know what it doesn't matter in my life right now what people are going to say about me what they're going to think about me about my story what i went through what matters now is the fact that i'm putting my story out and somebody's going to be able to read this and somebody's going to be able to be helped somebody's going to be able to be pulled through what they're going through because i shared my story and so it takes somebody, um, like I said, a soldier to be able to do that type of thing and then to be able to sustain the backlash that comes with that. Because we all know once we start opening up our windows and, and opening up our doors and airing out our lives, that there has to be some backlash that comes along with that. But after you've been forged in the fire and after you've been built God tough, the backlash has to turn back and go back to from whence it came, okay? Because once God builds you and makes you into the person that he preordained for you to be from the foundation of the world, it really doesn't matter what anybody says. It really doesn't matter what darts the enemy throws your way because you've been obedient to the voice of God and he's always gonna protect us, amen? So I'm grateful to have each and every one of you here on tonight. And without further ado, we're gonna get started and we're going to bring to the stage, first and foremost, Miss Monica Winston. Unmute yourself, Monica, and tell us a little bit about who you are, Monica, and what it is that you do. Okay. I would say, first of all, I'm a servant of God. Next, that I am a conqueror because I have conquered everything that the enemy tried to take me out with. Um, and God has delivered me and, and made me to be who he has called me to be. Um, next, I am a deputy clerk. I work um, in the municipality um, division, the court division. I've been there for about 15 years um, clerking for a judge. 
and you know coming into contact with inmates male and female so that has put me in a place to um be a light and to be a witness um so that's that's who I am, a person that loves God and loves people and love to serve people and love to see people healed and love to see people um, come out of what they what they've been in. Praise God. And the first thing that you said about yourself is that you are a conqueror. And we yes. know that for somebody to be a conqueror, there's had to be some things that you've gone yes. through in your life yes. that you are now standing tall. Mm -hmm. You know, some things that you've come through. You didn't let it yes. take you out, even mm -hmm. though it felt like probably sometimes it was going to take you out. But you're still yes. here standing tall, confessing today to the enemy and to the world that you are a conqueror. So it takes a real it takes real intestinal fortitude and tenacity to be able to say, you know what, I'm a conqueror, you know, because we can always take the logo, Monica, and say, you know, woe is me. Uh, this happened to me and, and, and this was done to me and I can't move forward because of what happened. And I can't stay, you know, I can't I can't do these things because of of what my past was. But you are living witness on today that no matter what happens in our lives, we are conquerors. And not only not only are we conquerors. But we are more than conquerors through Christ. Jesus. That's, That's what the right. word says. That's what the word mm -hmm. says about us. And when we talk about being more than conquerors, you know, in the Bible, uh, they went through wars and some wars they went through. God would tell them, you know, you go on in there and you smite the enemy, but don't you take anything. Mm -hmm. And then there were other times when he would tell them, you go in there, you smite the energy, the enemy, and you take everything that you can get your hands right. on. So then not only did they conquer the enemy, but they became more than conquerors because they got to they got a chance to take in, in some of the spoils. They got a chance to take in some of the some of the, the stuff that the mm -hmm. enemy had in their mm -hmm. territory, and that was gained unto them. Mm -hmm. So we are more than conquerors because when we come out of battles, we come out stronger that makes us more than conquerors we come out built god tough and so if if we come if you know what something else comes up against us it doesn't take us out because we come out more than conquerors we come out victorious we come out triumphant and i say kudos to you for for uh, even being able to to identify with being a conqueror so the title of your chapter is beauty for ashes and I'm going to read a little snippet of your chapter, and then I want you to elaborate just a little bit for us, okay? Okay. I know all too well the struggles and pain that divorce causes. That is what happened to me 25 years and three children later. Life as I knew it shifted. The kids were in college. I thought this would be the time to reconnect rekindle and work on an already strained marriage. As we sat one day making small talk, conversating about a couple that was going through a divorce, he said to me that he wasn't happy and that he had not been for a long time and he wanted a divorce. Well, quite naturally, I was startled like a deer in headlights. I was devastated. I was not going to let that happen. I was determined to do everything I knew to do to save our marriage. Talk about it. Yes. So after um, 
25 years of marriage um, and three children later, he was all I knew. Um, the family, our family was all I knew. I had put everything I had into that marriage and into the family. And when that came up, when divorce came up, it was like my whole world had shattered. What do you do when God doesn't do what you pray for, when he doesn't give you what you, you ask for? What do you do when he doesn't restore the marriage? Wow. You go, you go through the fire. I had to go through the fire. Talk about in it. In order for God to um, restore me. Because in that, going through the divorce, I had built up anger. I had built up bitterness. I had built up hate. Um, sheer hate. For mm -hmm. not only him, but for God. For not answering my prayers. Wow. I didn't, I didn't want to talk to God. I didn't want to deal with God, any of that, because I felt like God had let me down. Um, he didn't give me, you know, what I had asked for. Yes. And, and it took me to go through the fire and be forced by the fire so that when I did come to myself, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I write more in the story about me, um, attempting to commit suicide over that because I thought that, look, nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. He doesn't love me. I'm not good enough wow. for him. Evidently I'm not good enough for anybody else. So what's the use of me living? Mm. What, what was the use of me staying here on this earth? But you know, God came to me and told me that I, I was worth living. What you say? I was, I was worth living. Yes. He put something in me that he wanted to get out of me. Yes. So after going through the fire, after him um, 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 burning up everything that was not like him, burning mm. up that hate, burning up that bitterness, burning up that pain, burning up just sheer hurt mm -hmm. from that, he burned it all up. He burned it to ashes and out came his beauty out of what me you came say? his beauty. Thank you, God. Out of me came what he had ordained me to be by yes. me going going through the fire. Yes. And I came out on the other side. When I didn't think I was, I came out on the other side. And yes. I thank God for that. We praise because, God for that yes. as well. Thank you for sharing that story. And it's so many people that go through that and they mm -hmm. feel like you know what. I've spent my life in, and you're talking about marriage. I spent my life building this marriage and now it's gone. What do I do? Who do I turn to? I still love this man. I want this to work. And then you have to deal with God not answering what you wanted him to answer the way he wanted you know, he didn't answer the way you wanted him to answer. That's right. That's so then right. you build up all of this animosity and all of this hate and you're saying, God, why do you have me in this position? That's right. But then he says, I have you in that position, Monica, for such a time as this. Right. But this day in time, mm -hmm. June 10th, 2021, for you to be able to tell your story and for you to be able so somebody can identify with you to say, you know what? I'm not in this alone. 
God delivered Monica. He gave her beauty for ashes. And isn't that just like God? Yes, yes, it is. We, yes, we, it we is. see, we see what yes, we want to see. We see how we feel how painful it is. And, mm -hmm. and 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 then when he throws us into the fire and then he starts purifying us and he turns yes. the heat up on us, and it don't feel yes. good, Monica. It don't, it don't, it don't it look don't, good. It, it, we're crying, we're snotting, we're rolling around on the floor, begging God, please answer my prayer. When he's trying to give us yeah. something better. Yeah. Yes. 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 I yes. say, I say, you know what? Yes. I say the yes. enemy meant it for your baby. He yes. thought it yes. was going to take you out. But it caused you to be built God tough. Yeah, it caused you to be sitting here today yeah. Yeah. on Facebook Live, mm -hmm. on YouTube, and wherever else this podcast is going to air. Let people know that God still sits high on the throne, He still reigns, and He is still yeah. delivering. He has not yeah. stopped delivering yeah. His children. That's right. Yes, thank you so much, Monica, for sharing that story with us. You're so, welcome. if you had to, in just a few words, give a man or a woman that's maybe in the predicament that you were in then, what would you say to them? I would I would say to them, let go of the reins. Let go of, of what you want to control. Because God, if God puts you in that situation, he's in control. He's going to lead you in the right direction. So I would tell them to let go of control. And let Praise God be God. God in their lives. Praise God. Let go. Relinquish control and let God. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Monica, for sharing that powerful testimony and for standing tall like a soldier telling the enemy, you know what? You wanted to shut me up. You wanted to close my mouth. But I'm here. I'm here to testify that look. <laughs> God has put a word in my belly, and I'm gonna I'm gonna declare it from the end. From the beginning to the end. Yes. Thank yes, you so much. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Moving right along to our next author, all the way from the beautiful Gulf Coast, Mississippi, Miss Sheila Farr. Unmute yourself, girl, and come on and talk to us. Look, I tried. I don't want to unmute. I'm just listening. I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. Um, it is hello. absolutely amazing. Thank you, Sheila, for being here with us. Tell the people just a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Well, I'm going to take Monica's lead and I'm going to say that I am a joyful spirit, yes. uh, but I wasn't always a joyful spirit. And I've had things happen in my world that have made me not a joyful spirit at times. Uh, but for um, business, what I do is I have a wonderful little training facility here on the Gulf Coast. I work with small businesses and entrepreneurs and just try to help them um, really turn their struggles into stepping stones as we work through some of the problems that they're having in business and just help them move toward good business strategies. And I have the good fortune and the blessing of being able to do work that I love uh, with people that I love every single day. And I think that's kind of rare, but it's, uh, man, it's something I definitely love and, and want to do more of it. So yeah, that's that's me kind of in a nutshell. That is you, Sheila. Let me just say, I um, had, had the pleasure of meeting you and I, I've never met anybody like you, Sheila. When you say you are a joyful spirit, that is absolutely 
who you are. And it doesn't matter when I've seen you. I've always seen that same smile, that same spirit. There's, I don't even know if you ever have a bad day. I don't, we don't see, <laughs> you know, it just don't show through. And it's like, um, I can remember when I think maybe we did our first Zoom call and my sister was, Nika, she said, um, who is Sheila? And I was like, what do you mean? She said when she was just, I was just taken by her because she smiled and it's so genuine. She was like, this was coming through the Zoom call. So yes, you are a joyful spirit and we need people like you in our lives because you know, all of us are not like that. Some mm -hmm. of us, some of us let ours just shine through at certain times. And then people like you come along with that smile. I mean, you don't even have to say anything, Sheila. You just come <laughs> along with that smile and it's like, what am I over here moping for? So yeah, I, I appreciate the joyful spirit that you are. I do. And I'm grateful that God allowed me to cross paths with you. Yes, and thank definitely. you for joining this project. No, I'm trust me, it was a blessing to me because I mean, you know, but because we worked on other projects together and everybody knows you start with your own plan for things. So whenever yes. we started talking about this, I had a plan. I'm going to write about one thing, right. but you know, then when the Lord kind of gives you that little tap and says, no, I don't think so. I think we're going to go this way, not that way. Um, exactly. so, and, and that's what he did here for this project. And uh, just the timeliness of it and the mm -hmm. subject matter of it. Right. And um, yeah, just everything is, you know, when, when you bathe things in prayer, uh, yes. You know that it's it's all God doing, you know, working through you because we can't do anything as much as we try to control it. Like Miss Monica right. said, you just got to give it up because I think we fool ourselves into believing that we have control over things. Exactly. Uh, because being in that vulnerable place of letting go and mm -hmm. just walking in faith. Um, right. That's a that's a scary place to be. Uh, yes. And it's a hot place to be sometimes. What you say. You know, so. Yeah. Yes, so it's it been good. And I, I have loved every minute of, of this project and love definitely love you. Of course, you already know that. But man, just such a blessing. And I mean, I can't even count all the ways you've blessed my life. So thank you Praise for everything God. you've done through this project. I'm honored. Thank you as well. And the title of your chapter, Silent Warriors. And let me just say, Sheila, when I got your chapter and I read it, I was just, I was floored. I was. I was like, I had no idea. And we don't. We don't have any idea what people go through, what they've gone through, what, what they have on the inside of them. And so it would behoove us not to be judgmental of anybody because we have no clue what people are dealing with or have dealt with. And so when I read your chapter, I was just like, wow, silent warriors. I mean, like you said, God took this in a totally different direction. And so even in your writing, I could tell that she wasn't really in thinking about writing about this, but I could see how God shifted, mm -hmm. how he shifted everything. And this is what you had to pin to the paper. Let me read a snippet and then you elaborate for us. Sometimes being a warrior doesn't mean fighting battles of your own, but instead it involves you standing in the gap for those who cannot fight for themselves. My sister suffered from mental illness most of her life. Diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder at an early age, she began having episodes of uncontrollable behavior around the age of two. My mother shared stories with me, with me of how she and my father tried to help my sister as she experienced 
manic mood disorders, and periods of melancholy that were uncommon for a child. On the outside, my sister Gloria was beautiful, absolutely angelic and charismatic. However, on the inside, she fought a daily battle between reality and fiction that would continue throughout her life. Talk about it a little bit for us, Sheila. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's hard, some of the things that you encounter in your family sometimes. Yes. And um, just my sister was such a beautiful person, but she struggled with mental illness her entire life. Uh, and it impacted if anybody's ever dealt with mental illness in their family, you know that it doesn't just it doesn't just affect the person going through. It, it, it impacts everybody that they know, everybody they love, um, you know, and the, the incredible thing with my sister is she struggled so much to be normal to be yes. well. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was such a hard thing because, you know, you go through all those periods. If anybody's ever dealt with it, it's kind of um, it's it's complete chaos yes. um, at times. And it's hard to understand. It's hard to explain. So people look at you and look at your loved one and look at your family uh, like there's something wrong with you. Um, right. You know, and I, I saw my, and it's a kind of an odd situation because there was 21 years between my sister and myself. So she's 21 years older than I am. Uh, then 21 years between my sister and my mother. Um, so when I was a little girl, they had already been through a lifetime of, of working with her and coping with helping, trying to help her cope with things and just yes. manage life um, right. and get through things. And I used to always um, admire my mom so much because mm -hmm. she took everything in stride. And I just felt like she was the strongest, most um, graceful and patient person I'd ever seen. Uh, you know, and they would pray for my sister. My dad was a praying man. He'd get up every morning at 4.30 in the morning and before anybody else got up and you, he prayed aloud and you could hear him pray. And he would sit in his chair in the morning and you just hear him pray. And he'd call all the, you know, grandchildren's names by one, one by one, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, you know, he prayed for everybody. And uh, he prayed so much for my sister's mind. And that just kind of, you know, as a child, you, you hear those things and you don't really know what to make of it. But as you start right. to get older, Mm -hmm. It just you understand. Uh, and then now here at 56 and I've lost my sister uh, a couple of years ago, sadly. Um, and honestly, this is how I got to this chapter is uh, because originally, like I said, I was going to talk about something different. But, right. uh, you know, I, I just felt like I needed to kind of talk about mental illness and the things yes, that families go through and the way that the enemy tries to use mind games and mind manipulation. Right. Uh, against families and against people and how he often, you know, he always tries to divide and subtract, you know, right. but the Lord is always meant for addition and multiplication. So yes. he wants to give us more, uh, you know, and, and so I think the enemy meant for that mental illness to tear our family apart oh, and to tear, God. you know, everything apart. And, but what it did is it unified us. And even though we're small, right. we're mighty. Uh, you know, my sister's children are really more like my siblings because we mm -hmm. grew up together. Um, and, and they're honestly, they're my age that she was so much older. Um, right. You know, my niece is a couple of years older than I am. My nephew's the same age. And I have one that's just a couple of years younger. So it's really as though we were siblings. Right. But, you know, we just, I just watched my parents and uh, what they struggled with 
in dealing yes. with that and trying to help her and trying to help her make good decisions. Right. Um, but I, I'm going to, I'm, spoiler alert, I'm just going to give a spoiler right here uh, because whenever I was working to try and find uh, uh, some material for a different project I was working on, um, my sister had just boxes and boxes of writing. Um, and I was like, man, it would be really neat if I could pull something out of my sister's and use it in one of the projects that I was working on. Well, wow. I never anticipated finding what I found uh, because, I mean, I, it, it was as though even my sister's been gone two years, but it's as though I finally saw my sister uh, because wow. in, in those writings, there were just lists and things and, and prayers of Lord, please help me today, you know, just to, to keep my, my mind in one God. place. You know, just help me, Lord, just to focus on this. Help me, Lord, not to use profanity when I have this meeting with this client. You know, just, the, just struggling like the things. Please, Lord, help me get up today and just be able to make breakfast. You know, the things that we just take for granted. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, all along that my parents were really these silent warriors who came through this episode with my sister and helped her grow and helped our families and pushed us and showed us the, the right and the better way to be. But yes. then as I read through my sister's writings, I realized that all along was, she was, was a silent warrior. A she was warrior. fighting a struggle every, minute by minute of every right. day. Right. So that's yeah. amazing. She was, that's absolutely amazing. And you know, we need to have these conversations more because there's a stigma that's attached attached to mental illness. And when we see somebody with it, it's just like, because we're unlearned and because people don't, don't know the extent of it, then they look at you some type of way. You know, like, oh, you got issues. Oh, you, you know, but it's just like somebody having diabetes. You have an issue. You have to take insulin. There's an imbalance in the brain. There, these are things that need to be discussed and learned by society so that stigma can be detached because the people that have mental, it, hey, here I am. I battle with depression and, and panic attacks. Mm -hmm. That's mental. Right. Everybody don't know that. You know what I'm saying? But hey, it is what it is. You stigmatize people and you look at them like, oh, your faith isn't built up enough and that's why you're depressed. No, it's not. If you read scripture, you'll find out there were people in the Bible that were depressed. David got depressed. Right. Elijah got depressed. He went hid and wished he had never been born. You understand what I'm saying? But we stigmatize people and we look at them some type of way because they're dealing with these issues. But it's the same thing as having hypertension. I remember doing a a speech um for some type of health fair at one time and i was like okay god you want me to talk about me being depressed but how am i gonna bring this to quote unquote church people and so he said ask them what depression looks like and so i said um i asked him i said what does depression look like and they were just sitting there looking and i said well look to the person to the left of you then look to the person to the right of you that's what it looks like that's what it looks like. People battle with these issues on a daily basis mm -hmm. and you see them and they look maybe quite normal to you, but they're really not. You can't right. see that I have hypertension either, but you don't stigmatize me because of that. It's always the mental issues that are that are stigmatized and have this thing attached to it. And so we need to have these conversations on a, on a wider scale. And we need to understand that the people that are battling with these things, just like you said, they're silent warriors because now you've uncovered all of these things that your sister 
was writing on a daily basis. God helped me to make the right decisions. God helped me not to use profanity. Let me be able to get up and fix breakfast. Things that I take for granted because I can just jump up and fix breakfast. She was praying to God on a daily to help me be able to do these things. And it has nothing to do with our faith. It has nothing to do with us not believing in God. That doesn't have anything to do with it. And we need to have these conversations on a wider scale. And I'm so grateful that you wrote about this to enlighten, even, especially in the day and time we're living in, especially with the pandemic that's been going on, mental illness has been on the rise. And so we need to bring a conscious effort. We need to have a conscious effort to shine a light on these things and stop looking at people like, oh, you crazy. No, you got a lot of people that's walking around this quote unquote cray cray. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah, this is this is something that we need to talk about on a wider scale. Sheila, I commend you for writing about this. We don't we don't see what the family goes through when somebody's suffering with a mental illness. And to hear you talk about the way your dad would get up and pray, you know, and we know that God heard his prayers. But the devil, just like you said, the devil meant to tear your family apart with this mental illness. But it made soldiers out of you guys, warriors. And look at you. You standing here today testifying on your sister's behalf. And I believe, I believe the spoiler alert is coming up in a, in a couple days, few days. We're going <laughs> to see what it is that you uncovered and how it's going to help us in today's society. Cope with some things um, that your sister dealt with for such a time as this. We never know how God put, puts the puzzle pieces together, but he does it in an immaculate way. And I say kudos to you for talking about this subject. It is absolutely amazing. So if you have, if you would have words to tell somebody that may be suffering with mental illness or a family that has a family member that may be suffering with mental illness, what would you say to them? How can you, what words would you use to encourage them, you know, in the battle that they, that they may be going through at this time? I think the first thing I would say is, uh, don't be ashamed or embarrassed to stand in the gap for your family member. Um, and if you need help, don't act like you don't need help. Acknowledge yes. it, you know, just uh, again, surrender, you know, because there's nothing that we can control, especially with that. It's chemical, right? You know, our, we have a, a physiological reaction to, to things in our body and to, to, to things in our environment that cause those sorts of things. Uh, and it's so widespread and don't be afraid, you know, just don't be afraid. But I would say also to families, um, you know, have those conversations. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. Talk about those things. That's how we lose people. Whenever we play like things don't exist and people feel like they're not worthy, not seen, not heard, they're invisible uh, and they don't matter. I would just say, encourage everybody to love your people. Just love your people. That's all really you need to do. That's what my parents did. They demonstrated love for, you know, everybody. Um, and if you if you do that, uh, you won't have people uh, trying to commit suicide and, and, and divorcing and walking away from relationships and walking away from children. You'll have united people, yes. united friends, united families in, the, in a united world. That way we have to love each other. Yes. Simple. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sheila. And it does all boil back down to love. That's what the enemy wants to do is to keep us from loving one another. The Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. But we've got to learn how to love 
And then we've got to learn how to be loved. So I say, you know, uh, I'm just overjoyed. I'm just full right now listening to your testimony and just thinking about, you know, the things that we're going through in society because we we're going through a loveless society. You know what I'm saying now? It's just like everybody's out for themselves. Nobody cares about the next man, you know, and it's it's horrific. The things that we're seeing because of that. But if we continue to be a unified front and stand together, we can combat some of that. We can we can combat some of that and stop, you know, talking about it so much and be about it. So thank you so much, Sheila, for um, shining a light on that for us. Without further ado, we're moving right along and we're going over to Dr. Shadaria Allison. She's going to come to the stage and she's going to unmute and she's going to tell us where she's from. And she's going to tell us just a little bit about herself. Welcome, Dr. Allison. How are you tonight? Thank you so much. Um, a little overwhelmed by all of the ladies' testimonies. I definitely can relate. And um, I'm just happy to be here. Every time I come and speak with the Forged by Fire crew, I get something really different that God just kind of, humility falls on me and I just have to thank him. So yeah. I, I really, I really thank God for all of you. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, where where are you where are you from, Dr. Allison? Tell us where you're located. You know, I really am a colorful character here. I'm gonna say I'm a unicorn of America at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, I grew up, I've grown up in North Carolina, New York, and Alabama. Alabama is my first love, though. So I'm gonna say I came from Birmingham, but I reside now in North Carolina. So anywhere in the South, though I have ties to New York, I was a military baby. So I'm gonna say that the South is home. Wow, Southern girl, just like me, little Southern girl. Yes. Yeah, I go. I used to go when I was young to see my grandfather in, in Brooklyn. He go, I don't know why you keep coming here because you's a Southern girl. <laughs> <laughs> we are so elated to have you with us, and we, like I said in the beginning, we're grateful to you for your God-given talent that just exudes from every pore of your. I'm telling you, it's just like, it's just absolutely amazing. And the way you serve, the heart you have, the love you pour into what you do. We are grateful for that. Um, for being a creative millennial. And, and look, let me just tell you, I am so honored to even have been able to work with you because we have, you know, there's, there's a gap. That has to be filled. And I, I was like, okay, guys, you want me to work with Shadari? You know, she, you know, she one of them creative millennials. And I'm kind of like old school, kind of, you know, how this gonna work, you know. But you let me tell you, through this project, God has used you to teach me some things about handling millennials. So when 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 God is telling us to do things, it behooves us to be obedient to what he's telling us to do, because he's always laying a foundation for kingdom to elevate. And so had I not worked with you, I would have been still, you know, like kind of in this bubble about how to deal with millennials. But you have helped me out with that. And I am grateful for that. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. So the title of your chapter is. Forced by the Ford, and I want the smoke. And I'm going to read a little bit, and I want you to elaborate. Life at 24 and 34 looks different. 
At 24, I was in an abusive relationship, making minimum wage, living out of a hotel, and trying to raise a son through it all. I had a car so beat up, I had to jump the battery with electricity from the ground. I was on the verge of a mental breakdown and did not even know it. That next year, I had one. I went back to the one that abused me, would later marry him, separate from him, get in yet another erroneous relationship, move at least three more times, get pregnant, lose the child, watch that same man become engaged to another woman, listen to his lies about wanting to make it work with me, only to find out two months later via Facebook that he had married her anyway. Hurt, lost, and broken, I would rekindle with God get set free for a season, take another broken woman into my home only to be betrayed while trying to help. I lost my home, reunited with my drug addicted ex-husband because he had quote unquote changed. Remarried him, bigger ring, smaller life. He would remain abusive and I unhappy and consequently unfaithful. So I finally decided to divorce him. Broken and wanting love, I decided to rekindle the relationship with the one who got married in my face. All, all the while he remained married to his wife, promised me the world, had a baby with the wife he was quote unquote leaving, leaving me absolutely and utterly emotionally ruined. Talk about it. Mm. Man, I'll tell you what, God, instructed me to be extremely candid. Um, and I think that there is power in being candid because we we see a person and we idolize the gift and not understanding the fire uh, that is behind creation. Um, yes. that was that was the lowest point of my life, I want to say, because when you're going through something that heavy, you can't even see God. You can't see you can't even see anything other than yourself and your choices. And at that very moment, it felt like a life tornado. Um, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be. Um, I remember, though, through it all, I had a lot of prayer and mm -hmm. I was very elaborate with that description so that people can see life at 34 and the transformation of God, the power of God. I want people to know my dirt. Can't yes, nobody yes. tell it better than I can mm -hmm. so that you can understand his power. Right. Because if he can take somebody who went from that Talk to about somebody it. who's being introduced as uh, extremely helpful and useful and absolutely talented. So I went from a side chick and I went from a, a white divorcee and I went from an, a homeless person to somebody um, who who had a, barely got out of high school and barely uh, got out of college to now being Dr. Allison. Thank there you, has to be a real God. Because yes. what I do appreciate what you said about millennials are we are we thugs about it. See, yes. I didn't get saved in the church. I got saved in my kitchen because when on. God got to come and get you, 
He gonna come and get you from whatever. I tell yeah. people all the time, I may not be holiest, but I believe in transparency because at the end of the day, if I cry help, he could come get me. But if I act like I'm all together, he can't do nothing with that. What you he, say? I'm gonna tell you, he can't do nothing with the phoniness. One thing I like about, I call him my idol. When I got saved, I fell in love with Jesus. He was a millennial himself. He yes, stepped yes. on the scene and he came broke. He came, yes. he came from, from, uh, he had some drama, bro. His, his story wasn't too much different than mine. He was the yeah. baby of a side. Uh, he thought they thought he was side, somebody's side. That's but right. When God power touched him, he became Yeshua Mashiach. Yes, a right. man full of his power and his spirit and his anointing. So I poured out that ugly so that people could see it. Then I poured out the transformation so people could see that because I believe that people are so, so drawn to the um, the haves, the have-nots. They're so drawn to, it looks great. She looks great. Her makeup's great. She's talented. No, no, no. I want you to know my face has been down in the dirt. So when I come here with these lashes and concealer on, don't get it twisted. I earn what my spot. When I come here and I speak boldly, when I speak yes. boldly and, and real like this, it's not mm -hmm. because I'm prideful or boastful. It's because if I'm going to make hell pay, he shouldn't have let me say? live. He shouldn't have let on. me live. He should not have let me get up. When I lost that child, I lost it in a violent way. He should have never let me get up from that. He should have never let me get up from mental illness. He should have never let me get up from poverty. And y'all, and I'm, let me, excuse me. But the reason why I go so hard is because I shouldn't be here. Yes. So excuse me while I go get his because he left me here to go get him. He what said they overcame. Say? I believe it's Revelation 12, 11 or 11, 12. Can't, don't quote me. And they overcame him. That's it. <laughs> By the blood of the lamb and the word and of their the testimony. Come on. I, Come I'm on. very unconventional because my warfare has been unconventional. unconventional. That's why I tell them I was forced by the forge. And yes, I want the smoke. I have my day. She'll call me the other day. She texted me. I said, honestly, I'm sad. I don't lie about nothing. Mm -hmm. I want to be free. I don't got time. I'll be, I save the cute for the makeup. But when it comes mm -hmm. to my soul, when it comes to my soul, I'm responsible for some other young woman who's gone Talk through about it. it. I'm responsible for the next young lady who's been through, or the next man who's gone through. So there is where my ugly, I'm transparent. God, when Jesus died, he didn't die beautiful. He died broken, bloody. Broken. Because when you had to remember what he did, he wanted a photographic memory of the sacrifice. In the same way, he said, we you are beaten. We are, we are drugged every day. He said, Paul said all day, I'm beat for the sake of the gospel. This ain't cute salvation. I'm so sorry y'all thought that I was one way. I'm not. I came here and I want the smoke because the devil took something from me. I'm going to get it. you got that. My and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get it, and turn around and give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. That's just who I am. Glory to God. Thank mm. you, God. That's who I am. You done took me to church, girl. Thank you, yeah, God. That's who Ooh. I am. Lord, thank you. That's who I am. Mm. I don't play around. I'm not fake. I'm mm. not from it. I'm very real. And I had to give it that way. I had to, I had to, and I would, uh, I never want to uncover anybody because that's their story too. But let me just say, if I don't tell it the way it has gone through, then the millennial generation and generation X or whoever's behind us, they will feel like it's okay to keep masking behind uh, social media, to keep masking behind drugs, to keep masking behind alcohol, hardcore, uh, whatever. If I don't tell it like that, then I don't have time to impress the former generation. I'm here for the ones coming behind you me. You better say that's that. My, that's my responsibility. 
Yes, so Lord. I have to t- I have to talk like that so they can understand how big God is. If God can pull somebody off the street out of a loony bin and take them and make them Dr. Allison, then by sure he can do anything for me. My God. Thank so, you, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and yes, he can. He can do anything. Yes, he can. And I am so grateful that you are as transparent as you are and you are as authentic as you are. Because just like you said, you got to get them that's coming behind you. And we got to stop sugarcoating it. And we got to stop saying, you know what? I got mine. You get yours. No, he left us here to snatch souls out of hell by any means necessary. Jesus. And that is the time that we are living in. And that is what being forged by fire, built God tough, is all about. That's what this is. This is going to get souls out of hell. This I'm not out here for fame. I'm out here for his name. You understand? He, the way he died, just like you just got through talking, it wasn't cute. It wasn't cute. And people get it twisted. And a lot of people want to say, God, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But it's just on their lips, baby, and it ain't in their heart. And it's time for it to be in the heart because we got we got a job to do. And God is going to he's going to hold us accountable because he has graced us to pull souls out of hell. And we're leaving them there. People are hurt, broke, disgusted, busted. And we want to be cute. That ain't what this is. So, yeah, she was forced by the forge and she want all the smoke. And she brought it too. And that's what I love about her. And that's what I love about everybody that's in this book because they've been transparent and authentic. And they ain't out here skinning and grinning wanting to get fame. They are here to shine a light on the name of Jesus mm. and to let, let people know that it, his name is the only name by way men, women, boys, and girls will be saved. It is Thank what it God. is. Thank you, God. Thank you for the smoke. Thank uh-huh. you for the fire, baby. I, 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 that's, that's, that's what this is all about. Thank you. You have lit you 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 hold a you hold a light for this generation that's coming behind you. Thank you. And Jesus. whatever it is that I got that you need Thank to you, help Jesus. pull millennials out, Jesus. I'm all in. My God. I'm all in. I'm going you, after just as hard as I can because definitely. God is gonna hold us accountable for what we yeah. do. It's multi-generational at this point. It is so beyond. I tell people I'm on a flyer, but I was in the fryer first. It is it is about this next one. Because I realized at that time where I was at my lowest, I was unprepared because religion wouldn't let women like you come and deal with women like me. That's exactly right. Religion would not. You are so, absolutely right. I, if I tell people all the time, if I gotta, if I got to put a nose ring in and my nails gotta be on Cardi B, if my weed gotta be long, and if I gotta have some slang in my vocab, well, excuse me, I didn't come to impress none of y'all. What you I know say? how to catch a fish and fry one. You gotta, you better get ready because it's, it's, a, it's a different generation now. It is. It's, it's a different, different generation now, and and yeah. things have changed, and we have got to. We have got to know that and we have got to try. We have got to stop trying to hold on to traditional stuff and religiosity. That ain't going to get it. Because that ain't going to cut it. God don't change, right? God but doesn't change. change. But when he's ready to change you, he change a person, put it, them on the scene. They become a change agent and it changes. That's right. And he changed, that's, that's exactly right. That's we, be so, we, we be so twisted about that's what happened to Christ. They, the, the old ones could not receive him because he was just too young, too bold, too rude, too real for them. 
Guess but the right. problem was he was God in the flesh. He was he was your last covenant. That's right. Before he wanted to smoke with y'all. And you, you missed him. Because you, you touch his package. I deal with it every single day. And I be just like this at your service. Because I'm going to be me. Because I got something specific to do. And that's what I want people to see from my story. You don't have to be what they want you to be. I was in the fire so that I could tell you that you could come as you are, not just in your hair weaving nails, but in your brokenness, in your adultery, in your abandonment, in your divorce, in your drug addiction, in your sex addiction, in, in your in your stripping on a pole, and your skipping school. That's what I want you to know. You can come and tell it like that and still end up in a good place. All you gotta do is grab God's hand. What you say? That's it. That's all I did. I grabbed his hand. He told the thief on the cross. He said, hey, listen, bro, don't worry about none of that. On this day, you come on with me day. to paradise. That's so right. what you think God is saying to this generation? He don't care about them getting juiced up with liquor. All he's saying come is if you, if you will grab my hand and let me at least show you, yes. then you can come with me to a to a greater high. A but how would, how would they know if me people like me, you, Sheila, Miss um, um, Pittman, and Monica, if we don't go, they won't know. They won't know. You better talk about it. Never mind. You, 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 you better talk about it. And that's yeah. what we need. And that's why God ordained, forged by fire, and build God's up. Because yeah. this is what people need to see. This is what we need. This is what we need, Sheila. This is what we need, Monica and Miss Pittman. This is what we need. Thank you, Jesus. And, and we all each bring something different. But when God utilizes, when we allow him to utilize it gets the job done. Mm -hmm. And we got to stop looking at, uh, oh, she over there. She looking like she look. I want to do what she doing. No, you don't. Because mm -hmm. you wasn't homeless like she was homeless. And you, wasn't, you weren't broken like she was broken. So you can't do it like she doing. You just got to stay and do what God told you to do. Stop coveting what somebody got because what they went through could kill you. Okay? You just do what God ordained you to do. And handle the giftings that he has given you. My God. And man, look, let me tell you. Let me move on because you know what? Yeah. You don't got me stirred up. Because this is what I like right here. This is what I like right here. We're going to move on over to Hammond, Louisiana. We're bringing up Shawanika Pittman to the stage. Come on up, uh, Miss Pittman, and tell the people who you are and what you do. Um, my name, of course, is Sean Wanika Pittman, and everybody calls me Nika because they figure that other name is a little bit too long. But um, I'm a band director, fine arts teacher, theater director, um, sound design. I make sweets. I do it all. I do a little bit of everything, but that's just all the gifts that God has given me. Praise God for all the gifts that God has given you, and. Uh, let me just say to the world that this is my baby sister and not just by saying, sis, no, we got the same blood coursing through our veins. So, so Miss Pittman, Miss Shawanika, Miss Nika, the title of your chapter, The Fire Made Me Fertile. So I'm going to read a little snippet and then I want you to talk about it. I can remember the day oh so well. The day was so beautiful. The sky was blue with a hint of red. Such an amazing day to hear you have cancer. My heart stopped and the first thing I could think of was 
What did I do wrong? Then it was, why me? Oh my goodness, I'm about to die. My thoughts began to completely overtake me. Maybe it was my past sins coming for me. All I could feel at the time was fire. I was burning up. I was angry. I was angry at my creator. Yes, I was angry at God. I had already been through so much, I thought, and yet, here it is again. I have something that is literally killing people. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was just angry. Talk about it. You know, <clears throat> I can remember back maybe 12 years before that, I had this, um, I kind of say my story is kind of the same of the woman with the issue of blood. You know, she bled for 12 long years and, you know, she went to the doctors and nobody could help her and, you know, and, and nobody really could do what she needed them to do for her. But when she touched the hem of him, which is Jesus, she mm -hmm. was made whole. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> I had bled for 12 long years and I began to think, here it is, I'm bleeding, I'm going through, I'm hurting. And, you know, you got people talking about you because it, you, you try to wash and do everything that you need to do. But it's always, well, what is that smell and what's this? And for 12 long years, I didn't know what was going on with me. And you go to the doctor and they want to put you on, you know, um, these different type of pills. And, you know, maybe you need to be on birth control pills and all these things. And so one day I began and I was hurting so, so, so bad I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself being like the woman with the issue of blood because I was going from one doctor to one doctor to one doctor because it seemed like nobody could do anything for me. But mm -hmm. I went to a particular doctor and they stopped and they said, well, hey, you do have cancer. And, and the thing about it is when you hear that word, you, that, that's what you think. You know, yes. you think that. And a lot of times when people get uh, find out that they have uterine cancer, I mean, it's too late. But I didn't find out it when it was too late. I found out in just the nick of time. And, and I really thank God for that because it could have been too late. But it wasn't too late. And God always steps in right on time. But even when I went to the doctor, he told me, he said, you know, you have uterine cancer. But, you know, if... We get in there and we found out that the cancer has spread too far. We, we're going to have to have a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. And that shook me yes. because here it was. I'm 30 years old. I don't have mm -hmm. kids. I don't have any of that. And I always wanted kids. You know, who don't want somebody to leave their legacy to or teach them, you know, how to sing or play or do whatever the gifts God is giving you. And here it is that I am facing this decision of making that I won't be able to have kids. And you know what? I got real. I was I was mad at God about that. Yes. I, I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to hear nothing he had to say. Because if you really did love me the way you said you loved me, why would you give me something that you, you didn't even have to give me this? What you got to heal me for? If, if you wouldn't have gave it to me, you wouldn't have to heal me. But see, that was the devil. That's how we mm -hmm. do. That's how you put it in your mind. But I remember going to church and I had a, and, and I don't remember if Sister Monica was there, but I remember the church it was. And I had a friend and she came and she drugged me literally to the altar because I wasn't finna go move. It didn't matter if the preacher said, come, God want to heal you. God want to deliver you. God want, I ain't want to hear none of that. But when she mm. drugged me to the altar, the preacher said, 
this is not going to be unto death. Wow. God is going to heal you. My God. And I stopped in that moment. I began to weep. I began to cry. And I said, you know what, God? If having a hysterectomy is what I need to do, take out whatever you need to do. Whatever you need to do to make me to be the vessel that you need me to be. My God. To have me to go where I need to go. To have me to do. Just take it all away from me. But you know we say that. Until we get in the hospital room. Talk about it. And we get Talk in the hospital it. room and I remember having surgery and the doctor comes in and he says, you know, we had to remove a 15 pound tumor from me. And in my mind, I was saying, Lord, please say I don't have to have a hysterectomy. Please say you're still there. Please say I got a chance. And he said, and we God. had to have a hysterectomy because it had spread to your uterus. So here it was. Not only my did God. I have uterine, I had ovarian cancer. That's supposed to literally took me off the face of the earth. But I'm here to tell you that I serve a God that when it's not your time, it's not your time. It don't matter what it looks like. It don't matter what it feels like. It was not my time to leave this earth. But you know what? I really thought that that was so bad that I had done. You you took this away from me, but I had to give up my will because God had a bigger plan for my life. I what might conceive at the time. I might didn't know what it was at the time, but I had to understand that this thing is bigger than me. So here yes. it is. I have to go take six months of chemotherapy, and then my hair starts to fall out, and I'm losing eyelashes and eyebrows and all this type of stuff. I'm like, who gonna want me like that? Nobody gonna want me. I didn't even feel like a woman anymore. I mean, I felt incomplete. I felt unwhole. But when I tell you, when God started showing me, that Nika, there's a path that I have for you, baby, that many people can't walk and many people can't handle. But I made you tough to go through it. A lot yes. of people might sit and they might look and they might say, oh, I want to do this like Cotton. I want to do this like Pittman. And I want to do this like Nika, baby. You don't know the cost of the all that no. I had to go through to get what God got me. It's been some sleepless nights, some crying nights. It's been nights I didn't know what I was going to do. When I was going through this cancer battle, it was times I didn't want to see nobody. I wanted to sit in the room. I didn't want you to talk to me. I didn't want you to even see me that way. But look what God has done. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yes, look at what and God I told has done. Him, and I told him, I made a promise to him. I said, God, if you heal me this time, Cause he done healed me a lot of times, but yes. if you heal me this time, it doesn't matter where I go, who I see or who I meet. I'm going to tell them that you are a healer. You are a deliverer and you are still doing it. If you did it back then, you still doing it right now. All we got to do is open our mouth and speak it. He left us with power and we act like we don't have no power. We are like, we don't even know how to activate the power that God has given us. And all we got to do is speak to those things, speak those things that are not of those that wear. We, we don't even do that. My God. My God. I didn't mean to go say all that, but I just I just get a little happy Praise because what, what, you, what you see ain't what it always was. What I ain't say? always been here. I 
ain't always able to just talk and tell of the goodness of the Lord because I was worried about what people thought about me. But I ain't worried about what people think about me no more. I can't be worried about what they think or how they feel. All I got to worry about is I got a mission. I got a plan. It's it's something God has for me and I got to get it. I will not die and my living will be in vain. My living will not be in vain. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The fire made me fertile. And we do know that fire has a whole lot of uh, things that it can do. It clears land. It caught, it gives light. It burns. It just does a whole lot of things. But I, I, I can remember being a, a, a little girl and in a, in a certain time of year, my grandmother and grandfather would get out and they would they would set a fire to the grass. And I'd be like, why are they burning that grass? Why are they burning that? You know, why are they doing that? And and then I got to understand and know that after they burnt that grass, it it, it, it let the it let the grass come back and it'd be so much greener. And and, and it, it made the it made the soil fertile. The fire made her fertile. When she thought God was taking everything away from her and she wasn't gonna be able to produce anything, God left her here and she's still producing in the earth realm today. She mm-hmm. said that we have to activate the power that God has given us. And that's what we have allowed the enemy to take away the the, the the power that God has given us when he left us here with dunamis power and he left us here with authority and God is a creator. He He just spoke things into an, into existence and he said that, that he created us in his image and in his likeness. So that means that we can speak those things that are not as though they are. We have the power in our mouths to speak to these mountains we we don't have to carry these mountains some of the things that we've been carrying we were just supposed to speak to that thing and it was supposed to succumb and fall to the power that god has left us with we are grateful for your transparent testimony there are so many women that are going through this type of thing right now and they feel like they're in this thing by themselves nobody's gonna want them i can't have children a woman was placed here to replenish the earth and have children and now my womb is empty what would you say nika to a woman that's in that position right now what words of encouragement would you give her to help her to know that she still has an expected end and a hope and a future in God. How would you encourage her at this point? I would encourage her by saying, you're only empty if you don't have God. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. You're only empty if you don't have God. Wow. What more is left to say after that? So so what in essence, what she just said was she could still have her womb. But if she didn't have God, she would. If she didn't have God, Monica, she would still be empty. God fills those voids for us. That's what these things are supposed to be about. It's letting people know that the only thing that can fill those voids that we have is God himself, the creator, the one who put us here. So when we are in a, a point in our life when we feel empty, when we feel like there's nothing, we have to know that we have to fill those places with God. We can't let the enemy steal our joy. We can't let the enemy wreak havoc in our lives. God gave us power over the enemy. 
I am so grateful for each woman that was on this stage tonight, for each testimony that was given, for each word that was given. And I pray that it's somebody that's listening to this uh, right now or that will watch the replay or that will hear it on, on the podcast once it's aired. For that, that you will understand and know that you're only empty if you don't have God. That you don't have to, you don't have to be in this battle by yourself. You don't have to let the enemy subject you to isolation and feel like you can't tell your story. You need to tell your story. You need to find a platform to tell your story because somebody's waiting on you to share that story because it's their survival guide. We are honored. I'm honored. I, I know I'm honored to have graced the stage with each author that has come through this virtual book lunch that, that have shared their stories and just let, let you in on just a little bit of what has gone on in their lives because truth be told, there's so many more stories that we can tell and, and there's so so much more that we are going to tell and and I, it will behoove you to to link up with women. And I say women because I'm called to women that will that, that you would link up with women that will push you and encourage you and, and, and tell you, yeah, baby, you can tell your story and we're not going to look at you a certain way. We're going to encourage you and we're going to love you through it because that's what God left us here for. This has been absolutely amazing. I, I, I just I, I just don't even know what else to say. So what I'm going to say is I thank each person that has watched. I thank everybody that has sold into this project that that we have put forth. Um, it's been a wonderful journey. It's It's been so good. I don't even want it to end. Not saying that it's going to end, but this is the end of our virtual book launch. So it's, it's just like, you know, I really want to cry a little bit, Sheila, but I'm going to keep it together. I'm going to keep it together. This has been absolutely amazing. If you ladies would, real quick, Sheila, would you tell people how to get in contact with you? Absolutely. They can find me all across social media, just as Sheila Farr, S-H-E-I-L-A-F-A-R-R, uh, or even come to my business website, um, it's Gulf Coast Training and Education Services.org if you come to the website. So yeah, gulfcoasttraining.org. Thank you so much. And if, if Miss Sheila has struck a nerve with any of you guys, reach out to her and connect with her. She has some Please. amazing things going on and she will be more than happy to even help you with your business, business plans and all those type of things. Miss um, Shawanika Pittman, would you tell the people how to get in contact with you? Um, if you want to get in contact with me, all you have to do is reach me on Facebook at Shawanika Pittman. And that's about it. Thank you so much. We are grateful to have had you to be a part of this project. And let me just also say that this project has been a project of restoration. And I know y'all probably are tired of hearing me talk tonight, but let me just say that God is a God of restoration and he has restored my sister and I, my relationship. I had no idea that me saying yes to this project was gonna be you. Uh, uh, avenue for restoration for our relationship. So had I kept saying no, it would have put off the restoration. So what am I saying? When God tells you to do something, when you know it's his voice, you obey him. It doesn't matter what it sounds like or what it looks like. I promise you it's going to work out for your good. And he always, he has always been a God of restoration. 
And I thank God that he has restored our relationship through this project. And there ain't no enemy, no devil in hell that's going to cause <laughs> us to split again. God, To God be the glory. To God be Amen. the glory. Miss Monica Winston, would you tell the people how to get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me by Facebook at Monica Winston or email mbwinston, the number five, at gmail.com. And thank you so much, Keatris, for being our visionary and for pushing us into our purpose. Thank you so much for saying yes. Ladies, I've enjoyed each of you. I love each of you with all my heart. All the authors that are watching, I love you. Thank you all so much. These three uh, episodes have been absolutely amazing. What a way to get Spitting Fire with Keatris kicked back off again. I love you guys. Thank everybody for joining us. And y'all have a magnanimously good night. Bye-bye. Amen.